Welcome to Nerd Punches Nerd, the only podcast where a bunch of nerds pretend to physically fight over minor pop culture minutia. Today, another newsroom podcast. Maybe the last one ever. I'm Jeremy, here with Sam, as per usual. How you doing, Hello. Sam? I'm doing good. It's it's so sad. I mean, the newsroom is ending. Yeah, it's maybe almost like uh, almost like when Game of Thrones ended, although we knew we were going to get another season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, there might not be another season of the newsroom. And we could talk about a little bit later why I think that would be a shame. But, that being said, this might be the last season ever of the newsroom. Which is kind of crazy. Because it's gotten pretty good ratings. And it doesn't seem like it would be that expensive. But, I guess you never know. Certainly, some of the actors seem to think that there will be another season. But HBO hasn't made any kind of commitments yet. So, we really don't know. I, I mean, the ratings have been pretty good. I expect they probably will have another season. I think so, too, but I guess we'll see. Anyway. I mean, Sorkin does have, like, a lot of pull. That's true, but maybe he's finished with it. That's hard to say. I can't. I don't know why he would be. I feel like he has a lot more jibber-jabbering to do. There's so but... much more ranting about the internet and, <laughs> you know, tort journalism reform? and tort reform. <laughs> yes. Finally, somebody... Sticks it to tort reform. <laughs> so, I thought maybe we would talk a little bit about this season finale, you know, and how it wraps up the season as a whole, and, you know, how we think they did as a season and an episode, and maybe think about what we would like to see for the future. What do you say? Sure. So, I want to start off with a question. All right. Which is, do you think this was the sappiest episode ever of the newsroom? There is no question that awful closing montage where everyone was smoking cigars and drinking champagne <laughs> and celebrating. But not, not just the closing montage. I mean, like... Well, you know. that was wrapping it up. It was like a classic bad writing wrap-up. And it's, it's sort of like, it's the thing that, that, that was even parodied, you know, 40 years ago in Animal House when they had that you know stupid thing at the end where they said... And it turns out this guy went on to be a senator. That was making fun of this type of cliche. Right. That's how old it is. Right. It's just the whole wrap-up. Look, oh, and these two are, oh, and maybe something's going to happen. And everyone's going to, I think, I think we're all going to be okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Was Animal was House really bad. 40 years ago? It was like 70-something, right? So, I think so. I don't know. Maybe late uh, 70s. But, yeah, I mean. I feel like we should fact-check that. So I'll, I'll look it up. Okay, here it is. It's 1978. Oh, so fine. So not quite. That's, uh, almost 40 years. But maybe 36 like... 36 years. That's yeah, close to 40 years. So that is a long time. Anyway, obviously plenty of other movies and TV shows have these kinds of wrap-up things. Movies, of course, more often because 
they have to tell a complete story, and some of them don't know how to do a good ending, so instead, they do this kind of stupid ending where they just try to make everyone feel like, oh, and it all worked out fine. And sometimes will be even worse, well, they'll, they'll, like, show, and this person hooks up with this person, and this person hooks up with this person. Right. And so we all feel good about right. it. Right. Everybody gets paired off, except for Maggie, yeah, because everyone, Maggie sucks. Right, everyone gets laid, except for Maggie. Except for Maggie. <laughs> well, so, it's sort of like, why? what's the point of this montage? It seems like it almost is like a series finale. It, there's no cliffhanger. There's no. Although even even Maggie kind of got paired off in a sense because like she she was able to like rekindle her friendship with Lisa. Right. She had some closure. Right. Finally, she's over seeing the kid die in front of her. I guess. I guess. Because Jim talked to her. That's right. Jim fixed her. Yeah, he. Said, we knew he was going to. This it was only Jim, a matter of time. You're right. When Jim said. Did you cut your own hair? She said, you're right, I'm fixed. And she takes <laughs> off her wig, and it all comes down, and it's like, and, and <laughs> you know, Jim was horrible this episode, I gotta say. He was, he was so oh, bad. I mean, I think the worst thing he did was when he said to Lisa, you know, oh, you know, you're not, you're not stupid. You're just, you know, you're, you're authentic. You're just differently abled. Ugh, authentic. Though it did lead to a good moment when he talked to Meryl Streep's daughter, his girlfriend, and asked her if he ever makes her feel too dumb, and she said, no, you're not smart enough for that. Right, And I right. thought, that's a good line. It is a good line, and it's true. Yeah, so see, that was a good moment. But the problem was that Jim, for the rest of the characters, does seem to think that everyone's stupider. So I actually said, I sort of posited in my uh, series or season finale review, that perhaps Jim and Mac are suffering from something called PTSD. Now, hold on. Stay with me here for a second. So we know those two are wartime reporters, right? Right. And supposedly they were supposed to be very good at their jobs and very competent. But what if they're suffering from some kind of trauma? Now, obviously you would know better than I would about like the specific symptoms, but that being said, you know, it is still the newsroom, so you can't necessarily trust that they'd get that sort of thing accurate. But think about it this way. You know, Mac has had these sort of crazy mood swings. Sometimes she's competent. Sometimes she explodes. She has this weird obsession with this abusive ex-boyfriend. You know, Jim has this perverse need to be right, even when he, and when he makes minor mistakes, it's worse than anything else. Well, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure about trauma and PTSD, but mm -hmm. I do think that Jim exhibits some symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder. And okay. Mackenzie has some symptoms of histrionic personality disorder. Okay, okay. So I think, I think there's, there's something there with the, in terms of the you know, mental health issues, definitely. Right, okay. So I think it's clear that there is something going on in their heads. The problem is, as per usual, of course... These are characters are meant to be the ones we sympathize with. Right. And it's sort of the classic newsroom thing. And I, am, I know you agree with me that you have like half the characters are just terrible. And a third of the characters are great. And the rest are like, you know, nothing. 
Just nothing, yeah. Yeah, they're just like, hey, look, it's Gary Cooper. He has a stupid name. Well, we, we talked about this in the in the last episode, how like certain characters were sort of originally set up to be antagonists. And the problem was that like they were just better than the people that were supposed to be the protagonists. Like in particular, Don and Elliot, I think, mm-hmm. were were kind of supposed to be antagonists, but have have sort of you know, eventually Sorkin realized like, hey, these are actually good characters and maybe like they shouldn't be like the bad guy. Um and we're we're kinda we got there with Leona, right? Leona was an antagonist, but she's like just better than like than all the, the other characters, you know, and Reese you know, Reese was also like the bad guy for a long time, but it, at some point we discovered that Reese is just awesome, and yeah. it's hard to think of him as a bad guy when he's so awesome. He does seem like in general pretty good, and I, what I liked about it is sort of like his, all right, fine, you know what? I got to prove myself. All right, we're we're gonna take a weird a stand here. I don't know if this is the right decision, but we're gonna do it. And you know, you could see like in his face how much it you know it cost him to make this kind of choice. And then, of course, Charlie's like, well, whatever, you you shut up. You're stupid. <laughs> and, uh, shut up. So, so that, was, that was kind of a weird scene for me because I, <laughs> I, I felt like they really just did not justify um, uh, Reese's change of heart at all. No, they didn't. Like, it made no sense. Reese very clearly believed that, like, you know, the smart thing to do would just be to fire everyone you know, clean house. And he's right. That is the smart thing to do. And all of a sudden he's like, no, I've decided that I'm principled and I'm going to make a stand. Like it's totally out of character. The only and thing that would there's no, sense. there's no justification for it, but it did lead to a funny oh. scene. It did lead well, to the funny scene with him, yeah. like talking with Charlie. And <laughs> he was like, he was like, I've decided not to accept your resignations. And Charlie was like, well, you can't not accept our resignations because we're not resigning. And then they like go back and forth like for for a couple of minutes, and it's 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 kind of hilarious. Well, because Reese, be... because you're right, like Reese wanted to like have his moment, and yes, and Charlie's definitely. like trying to take it away from him. I think that's what it was. I think it was. I think the only reason he changed his mind is because he was trying to show something to his mind. Like, look, I think the way you do, like a crazy person, but whatever. <laughs> At least I'm not high all the time. Apparently. I'm just crazy enough to take this business over from you. Yeah, I mean, you know, and except of course he isn't crazy, but he has to parrot her craziness. Right. And you know, and that's why he had to of course do it in front of her too. Well, I think that's why she doesn't value him. You know, because he's he's sane. Oh yeah. Well, you know who else is crazy? The lawyer. I didn't think she was crazy (laughs) until this last episode and this one. She's just got like. It's sort of interesting because at the beginning of the season, she seemed pretty competent. But like right. as the season's gone on, she's gotten less and less she's, and less competent she's just and crazier like, and a little crazier. bit crazy and like off the rails and it's like you know, are you even really a lawyer at all? I think that she's are, are just, you just like somebody you know, just who just wandered in here off the friend. street and is like pretending to be a lawyer? No, like what's going on here? She's Leona's friend from like childhood or something. Is <laughs> <laughs> it just like a prank? It's a prank to plug on anybody. Because Leona just says, she's my lawyer. Everyone assumes she is. Right, right. Because why would she lie? <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. So, I kind of love that idea. <laughs> well, of course, that brings us to a classic Sorkin issue. Women problem. 
or the problem with women folk. Oh, can we, before we get into the woman problem, um, because yes. we just started to talk about Jim and how awful Jim was and how Jim was awful to Lisa. True. So True. I just want to point out, there was one point in this episode where Mackenzie says to Will, like, you need to, you know, go to the other side of the room because I'm about to hit you. Like, if you stand close to me, I'm going to hit you and then you're going to have to go on the air and you're going to have, like, uh, you know, a black eye and, it, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to be good. Right. Right. Um, it won't look well. And I really feel like Lisa should have probably hit Jim at some point because he was like being so horrible to her. Like, what is oh, it about she Jim? She didn't want to get fired. That's all. What is it about Jim where he has to like go and find Lisa in her place of work, like while she's working and like harass her in front you know of like her boss and customers? Like, I, this is the second time this has happened. I think he said it. He has a narcissistic personality disorder, which is sort of similar to the kind of problem that Will has, where he has this, this you know, crazy need, based on his history, to be respected and liked by everybody. Yeah. Oh, and, I mean, Will, Will is very narcissistic also. Right, sure. but, you know, we understand a little bit of why Will is that way, because of his troubled past. With Jim, we don't really know. But he definitely is. And I'm saying it's sort of like as interesting as a mirror. This idea that Lisa might still be mad at him and, wait a minute, uh, nope, I gotta go deal with this. But the truth is, why did he really talk to Lisa? Why? Because, because of he needed her to forgive him. No. No? It was still about Maggie. <laughs> well, it was, it was about Maggie. I mean, really, you can, you can say what you want, but the whole point of that interaction was just to push Jim and Maggie closer together towards their stupid resolution. Of nothing. Of nothingness. And I fell in love with you when you clicked the yellow thing, like every journalist does. <laughs> and I fell in love with you when you existed. I don't even remember what he said. It was so stupid. But I have to say that you could look at it a couple ways. Yes, he had a compulsion to go talk to her. Like, come on. We're okay, right? We're cool, right? You know, if we ever, if I ever want to fool around, just, you know, if I break up, you're all right, right? Right? I'm okay. I'm Jim. I'm awesome, right? But yes, that was definitely part of it. But the other thing was, you know, hey, what's wrong with Maggie? I mean, I want to keep her as like a backup, just in case. So, is she going to kill me? <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's kind of like that. I mean, that that's sort of like a subconscious thing, but I actually think that there's some truth there that, you know, Jim was trying to protect himself, and that everything Jim did in the entire episode was a selfish act. He... He certainly does a lot of selfish things in the name of, like, trying to help other people. It's True. because, it's because just, he's very needy because he needs to help people more than they need to be helped. Well, I just think that, that ha in this episode, that just happened. I don't think he's only done selfish things ever. Like the time that he gave the story of, you know, the interview with Romney, I don't really think that was very selfish. But in this episode... He was pretty selfish. Yeah. You know, when he, when he was sort of saying, Hey, uh, am I doing okay? Hey, are we going to break up? And it's like, uh, come on. Dude. I know that, you know, women seem to like you, but this is nuts. Yeah. Anyway, we need to move on from Jim. So right, you were well, going to talk about women. Yeah, this more of the women problem. There's a lot of it. Obviously, there's part of it with this... Yeah. The nonsense with, you know, how Neil was somehow having to fix 
all the problems of Sloane and Mac, and that's sort of all he was doing. And then at one point he's like, don't you have anything better to do? Oh, yes, of course. But no, he didn't, actually. No, he uh, didn't. First of all, he didn't have anything to do. And second of all, like, that was just like, the only purpose that moment served was to show that Mac is a huge hypocrite. Because she was like, oh, you're just like doing this little side project for Sloan, which is taking up all your time. What a waste of time. Oh, and was Neil, was like, Neil was like, oh, yeah, except for the time that I'm devoting to your little side project, which is a waste of time. And she was like, oh, ha, 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 that's not important at all. Psst, keep going. Yeah, that, you got to finish. That was mildly amusing. But... It was mildly amusing, but it was also like more of Mac being a horrible person. True, but the real sexism was one of those classic, they don't realize it's sexism, which is the way they totally misdid that Sloan thing, where she kept trying to say something, but other people, mostly Will, sometimes Elliot too, and I think once Taylor talked over her, and Will kept going yeah. to commercial constantly. I mean, it was, it was mainly Will. And it was awful, and then eventually he's like, Are you, I think you're doing this on purpose. It's like, well, no, it's just an amazing coincidence. It's oh, just an amazing coincidence. Ha ha ha. Yeah. And that was, we need to talk about that. Because, like, aside from it being, like, a little bit sexist, it it's, what's, it, I feel like it wasn't, like, really sexist. But the problem with it no, was right. that it's it was, only a little sexist. it was an attempt at comedy that just wasn't funny and, and just didn't work and didn't go anywhere. Well, I didn't realize it was meant to be. First, I thought, what are they trying to say here? What's going on? And then I realized, oh, wait a minute, this keeps happening. This is meant to be a joke. Right. <laughs> and it shouldn't take me that long to realize what a running gag is. Really, a running gag should give you two times to realize it's funny, the first two. Because if he doesn't, then the third time is just going to seem weird. And you know what? It would have been so simple if they had just taken a second to set it up like, while they were still in commercial before they started talking, if Will had just, like, made some crack to Sloane about how, like, he's sure that she has a lot of important things to say, or, you know, something like that, that would, like, make it clear that, like, he is I don't know. doing That's this on purpose. Like, like, then we would have at least known what was going on, and we wouldn't have had to wonder, like, why is Will just cutting off Sloane all the time? You know, because it was it was just weird. I think it, it would have made more sense... sense. I- I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna say I a little disagree with you because I think that it would also seem like he was just being a jerk. Here's how I think it should have happened. I think that they should, you know, they should have been talking, and then someone's starting to say something, and then you know the producer like Mac say, "Oh, okay, we gotta go to this," and then he's like, "I'm sorry, I have to cut you off," and then that happens another time, and like maybe it's this time it's Don who says it. Do you see what I'm saying? Make it so it's not obviously Will, but then the next time it is Will. So then the thing it, just is, seems- it just didn't. Well, you know, I mean, work. like, like, I just, I don't think, I just nothing, don't think nothing right. came of it. We just saw Sloan, you know, looking frustrated. And then at the end, like, she got a moment to smile at Don. So I guess that was like, you well, know, payoff. I should was say. That, was that the, she shared a smile with Don. That the two minutes. wasn't much had, of a payoff. Well, that two minute thing that they had was definitely the best part of the episode. Starting from her looking at the posters and realizing that Don you know, bid all the bids. Okay, so tell me something. Yeah. Did you think that was predictable? Because I I will admit, I was like totally caught by surprise when well, she saw those posters. I, I was really like, tried... oh my God, it was done. Like, I did not guess 
before I'll be honest, that I it was done. Really try to figure it out, but you know, logically, I thought it's probably Will or Don. You know, if it's somebody we know, but maybe it isn't somebody we know. It didn't have to be. I think a lot of people predicted it, but the truth is, I'm sure a lot of people also said it was Will or Neil pretending well, not to. I, be. I'll say I'm glad that I didn't read any predictions. Because, like, if somebody had said, oh, it was probably Don, then that would have just spoiled the whole thing for me. Yeah, uh, I didn't read that. I only found out later afterwards that people were saying, oh, a lot of people had been saying this. Yeah, yeah. So I, after I saw the episode, I, I noticed that, like, somebody said that they, you know, they were talking about how obvious it was and it was predictable or whatever. Right, so um, I, I actually like that. And I like, you know, where she, you know, she initiated it and, you know, made out with him. And then when, he la- when she leaves, you know, she has that, like, great smile on her face. And then Don says, "What I have can't be taught," and I just I burst into laughter. Yes, I thought that was yes. great. That was it the was. perfect. It was, that great. was a perfect I am segment. Absolutely with you on that. That whole segment it just worked because Don and Sloane are both like they're both likable people, and yeah. we just like we want to see them succeed. And it wasn't the best thing about it was that like it wasn't sappy at all. Like, oh, it was awesome. You know, it was she like walks in there, she signs the book for him, like right, right on the table, right in front of him. You know, um, she kisses him, and then she just like slaps the book into his chest and just walks away. It was just like it was just a great moment. <laughs> exactly. And, and you're right. And his line was just a hilarious line, and it just the whole thing just worked. <laughs> and that was um, that was like um, just. Really, like that's good television right there. Yeah, and the show, she, even even in its bad episodes, ha- usually has like one or two moments of like good television. Yes, yes, and that's sort of that's sort of sort of part of the classic problem with a newsroom, which is that you see these little elements, these snippets, these hints of a great show, and it's surrounded by either you know banal, treacly nonsense. You know, that's just boring or sappy or it's crazy, over the top, awful, that's fun to watch. But on the other hand, this could be a quality show. I was talking about another thing I said in my article. I was talking about how this the show I've, I mentioned to you before, The Americans, which I definitely recommend that anyone that likes drama should watch. So you should like it. Yeah. It's definitely the best new show I've seen this year by far. And... I lo- it wasn't perfect, but it was very well done. And the thing is, the newsroom isn't supposed to be a comedy. It's supposed to, you know, yeah. It's, sort of yeah, it's supposed to have elements. humor. Yeah, sure. But, yes, comedic elements and humorous parts, of course. Just like any of Sorkin's stuff. You know, it's not meant to be funny. But I don't want to have a, you know, a show that I'm just like, ugh, I'm going to start hate-watching this. I mean, listen, I would prefer to enjoy things unironically. That's what I like. I like to be affected by stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, neither of us neither of us have really hate-watched a TV show before The Newsroom, right? I mean, I only started watching The Newsroom because I thought it would be good in the beginning. I didn't think, oh, <laughs> this looks pretty bad. Better settle in and grab my pen to start writing down all my hate notes. Yeah. No, I was really thinking, okay, I, I mean... I haven't seen. I, the truth is, I had not seen much of Sorkin. I didn't see. I saw some of West Wing, and I liked what I'd seen so far. I didn't really care for Studio Sixty or Sports Night that much, but you know, I can acknowledge that he was a good writer, and I definitely liked A Few Good Men and The Social Network. 
So I was sort of like, okay. And I heard some interesting things about like sexism on the show. So I thought, well, maybe I want to see this. I want to see it for myself. And lo and behold, it was pretty bad. And I watched that first episode a couple of times. And that's the kind of thing that you either do it because you really like it or because you really don't like it. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing about the newsroom. I think I said this um, on the last podcast. I don't remember. But the newsroom is really unique in the way that it combines, you know, enjoyably good moments and enjoyably bad moments in the same show mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you hardly ever see on any other show. Right. Well, know. let me give you a counterexample. Glee. Okay. I, I still sort of watch Glee, but what I often do is I'll just, like, hit fast forward until it comes to, like, one of the one or one characters left that I don't hate. Or a song so I can listen to it and see if I like it while I'm doing something else. But I really don't care about the show anymore. I don't even want to hate watch it because that just takes too much time. Right. And there were definitely a, there were definitely parts where I watched Glee and Be Light and think afterwards, that was terrible. So eventually that's, I started doing what I just said. You know, I just watched part of it. Because it was just, it was, it was making me feel But I think, I think most people who watch Glee are mainly watching for the songs and not really for anything else. Well, uh, I can't speak to that, but it might be true. Certainly, the, the uh, you know sales tend to reflect that kind of thing. But anyway, I think so. Speaking more of these sort of hints of better things, I do want to talk about the, some of the other things going on. One of them is something that, if there ever is another season, I'd love to see them pursue more, which is this DC bureau, you know, led by uh, that actress. I forget the name of. She was on Eureka. You know who I'm talking about? Jane. Yeah. Something. Yeah, and how she's sort of like, you know, ambitious, and she wants to sort of take them down, and she wants to have their job or be like that. And I, I kind of like that. I want to see, you know, Jerry was already doing stuff. I want to see more people from DC. I want to see some kind of rivalry. That's to me is interesting. I want to see that kind of conflict. Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny because they had in the first season there was this rivalry that they had with the with the the morning show. Um, briefly. Briefly. Yes. And they also hinted at a rivalry with the DC Bureau, even going back to the first season. Yeah, there was just that one little thing in that one episode where she wanted to call something. I think it was for Osama, as I recall. And she's like, no, it's going to be done by the face. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she wanted to... smile of of ACN's own Will McAvoy. Sorry, you whore. No, no, that's not what it was. What was it? Are you sure? I think it was that... I think what it was no, was that was. like she wanted to she wanted to announce that Osama was killed. That's what I and just the said. news no, but the but the um you know the newsroom team wouldn't let her because they said like that's for the president to announce. Like she was going to reveal no, it before well, yes. the president made his announcement. It was also that, but she also said it's going to be done by will, and it was done by will before the president announced it. I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. I don't. Sure you, back, you might be right. I think you should. I, I don't really remember it. Well, I do know Will definitely did say this is what he's going to say before it happened. But part of it is that, yes, they didn't have enough sources to be sure. And James, like, everyone else is reporting it. We should also. So I want to see more of that. That's that's the kind of interesting conflict I'd like to see. Plus, it really ties in with this whole newsroom idea and gets away from the just the rehashing of old stories. I want to see... It conflict between characters, people who have their own reasons for doing things that aren't just 
I want to be a good news person. I'm an evil Republican. Yeah, and that's kind of annoying. That's also why I kind of like this stuff with Taylor, too, because, you know, she wasn't evil. She clearly disagreed. Although right. she wasn't given nearly the kind although, of material she should have been to ar- well, argue she, with Will. She wasn't really allowed to make her points fully, because well, like was, like every time she of... made a point, somebody would like make this <laughs> counter-argument that showed that like really she was wrong. But at least... That, that the show gave an opportunity for somebody, you know, to make an argument from a conservative side that at least sounds somewhat reasonable. Yeah. And especially when she was suggesting, you know, that like Will isn't really a Republican or whatever. And then he got to talk about like, you know, how he thinks he is a real Republican and whatever the Tea Party and all of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, which, which I, I don't know. Maybe we could get into that, but I don't necessarily need, I don't think we need to get into that so much. But um, the point is just that, like, it's nice to have a character like Taylor on the show um, because, like, Sorkin is obviously very liberal um, and mm-hmm. the show has a tendency to only provide the liberal perspective. And, you know, even if you disagree with conservatives and think that they're wrong about a lot of things, like, it, it seems like um, it's still the right thing to do to acknowledge that, like, sometimes they have a valid point about something and they're not always wrong and they're certainly not the enemy. Uh, yes, that's true. And there is a lot, like, I mean, for example, you know, what she was saying, are you thinking that, you know, maybe you just call yourself a Republican so that you can straw man people? It's like, no, I think I do it because I am always right. Yeah. And it's just kind of frustrating because, again, it's like those little hints Oh wait a minute! Could she, she's like a well-rounded character, really? At this point, maybe Sorkin's going to give her a chance to actually say something. Oh no, no, he, he isn't. But that being said, no, she. I mean, unfortunately, most of what she did was harp on the fact that the media is has a liberal bias. I mean, which I think it's true, but I mean that, and that may be true to some extent. It certainly a lot less true since Fox News became so popular. Um, you know, I mean, before Fox News existed, yeah, you know, you could argue that the media was, like, very liberally biased. But now, far less so. And and the problem is that, like, that's... It seems like she harps on that point a lot because Sorkin can't think of any other intelligent things for a conservative person to say, which well, is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I think that's more of a... Uh... I think that's more of a problem with Sorkin's writing and his inability to really grasp that there could be other signs to it. But it's so weird because, like, like, and I've said this before, on the West Wing, you know, you would sometimes see conservatives making intelligent points, and like that was okay. It was, it was. Now it's not okay anymore. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well. I guess the other thing I wanted to say was the other idea, the other newsroom show that was hinted at. You know, the one where they were sort of trying to get... Oh, the um, the Parallel Universe newsroom? It wasn't even a Parallel Universe. It was the sequel, the one of, you know, listen, if we if we have to leave, referring to, you know, Mac and Will, maybe Charlie, then we know what would happen. You know, it would be Don taking over as executive producer, Elliot would take Will's role, you know, Sloan would then take Elliot's, and then Jim would take Don's. It all seemed like, oh, okay, I, 
Yeah, that makes sense. That seems interesting. I'd like to see this new show and the transition they're talking about mm. and how they're trying to build up and, you know, maybe they stumble a little bit trying to live up to this amazing example that Will and Max had. <laughs> cough, cough. But I'm just saying, that's sort of, to me, another interesting idea. But obviously that couldn't happen. It had to status quo it. Yeah. No, really I mean, that, that would have been interesting from a storytelling perspective. Um, you know, but with Sorkin yeah, but, is too in love with the Will character. I mean, everybody idolizes Will. Yeah. Did you notice even Don, even Don said something about how, like, you know, he was inspired by Will, you know, said now he has to always do the right thing. And I forget exactly what it was, but um, yeah, yeah, no, I think no, like I, his decision where like where he would resign also along with everyone else. You know, and he would refuse to to just take over the show. Um, you know, it's because like, oh, you know, I learned it from you. <laughs> I learned it from you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, <laughs> when Mac ran out with his disappearance, I was so excited. Wait a minute, did she leave? Did she leave because she thought she had been fired? I was so excited for a second that maybe Will would have to suffer some sort of consequences. Oh, Wait. So no. is she is she not fired now? I guess being that. <laughs> Being that but, Will proposed to her, he's probably not going to fire her, but he never said he wasn't going to fire her. Also, they're the only people who know that he said that, so... That's true. <laughs> well, you know, that would have no, been It would be funny, though, if he was you like, sh- by the way, you're still fired. You know, that would have been funny if he had said it. Yeah. He's like, listen, oh, or he even said, by the way, she said, so am I still fired? She said, uh, let me think about it, and then she could punch him and say, fine. This is kind of a violent workplace, but I guess you're not fired anymore. You know, something like that, where, you know, you could have played off on it in a more Sorkin way. You know, make it, what I said except weird. more clever. Yeah. In, the, in the little, like, previously on the newsroom thing, before the show, they included that scene where Will tells Mac that she's going to be fired. But then... Like this, they never referenced that again. The whole well, episode. They, they do a lot of that. I mean, I think that was one of the like, Other why would you? Genoa. Why would you include something on like the previously on bit if you're not going to ever go back to it? I know that is weird. I mean, that was something I thought that Game of Thrones did a little too much, where they would make it obvious what was going to happen yeah. because they were worried people wouldn't remember something. Uh, <laughs> so they sure. they would show, oh right, that guy, <laughs> or they'd have like a clip of someone. Yes, it turns out I did kill your half brother, Charlie. And then you know we start up, and it's like Charlie, he's dead. <laughs> Who did it? <laughs> yeah, the thing is, on the newsroom, because, you know, there are no consequences to anything, and and nothing that happens matters, mm. there's really no point in having, like, a previously on segment, because who cares what happened previously? Yeah, I'm afraid you're probably right about that. Yeah, so, it's just kind of a shame, because I would have loved to see more conflict. You know, even if they had... Maybe like a bittersweet ending. I mean, I feel it's like, well, you saw the the second the uh, season of Legend of Korra, right? Um, uh, the yes, season? the first season. Have you seen the second season? Yet? No, it just started, right? Yeah, they just had only one. Okay, so I haven't, like, I haven't started watching it yet. I'm certainly going to watch it. It's a good. It's good. I like it. But that being said, you know, it, it sort of had to end in a way that made it, you know, a little bit like a. Maybe this is going to be a series finale, so they had to resolve a couple things. But it was left in a way that they really, it didn't have to be. And the truth is... You're talking about Korra. 
Yeah. The end of Truth the first is, season of Legend of Korra. Yeah, they they kind of like they could have done they that resolved everything and they wrapped up everything into like a nice little bow and like it was like what? all in like the last five minutes of the last episode. Like it was it was like a bit much. True, and, but there were still some like outstanding issues. Yeah. Um, larger social issues. Yes. Yeah. Or you know, like that. You know, what happened to uh, what's her name that. You know, Mako broke up with a uh, rich girl. Uh, Asami. Yeah, Asami. You know, there's still her. I guess, but she was well, never really an important character anyway. Well, they start dealing with the after effects. Besides, in the it wouldn't it too. wouldn't be Avatar if there wasn't like a mysterious female character that nobody knows what happened to her. Suko's <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. mom. All right. Well. Supposedly that that will eventually be figured out, but I, we're getting a little <laughs> off track here. The point is, is that they did a, a good job of ending it, but not making it impossible to continue. Whereas at this point, it's almost like, what's the point of any of the stuff that's happened this season? Well, they didn't get back. They didn't even try to get back. No, any that's of their not true. Because like the whole next season, they're going to have to work to actually get back to public's trust. Although I guess they seem to think like, well, that's not a, a big deal. We'll just get it back. I guess. Somehow, you know, like last episode, it was a big deal, but this episode, it's not really a big deal anymore. Yeah, well, you know what else isn't a big deal? That Maggie had a kid to die in front of her, <laughs> and apparently she's fine because Jim just said, "You're okay, kid. You're all right." Well, so speaketh Jim. <laughs> that's, that's not entirely true. It was really? because it was because Jim talked to her, and then like she needed to talk to Lisa. Oh like, right, of course. Once, once she like told Lisa about it, I guess that made her cured. I wonder what her <laughs> hair is going to be like in this in the third season. There's mm. been a lot of discussion about Maggie's hair and what it means yeah. and the significance of it. So I wonder, uh, I wonder what they're going to yeah. do for the third season. I wonder if she's going to like go back to like her her original hairstyle or. I'd love know. to see Mohawk or Skrillex. <laughs> It it would be like Maggie to show up to work one day with a Skrillex haircut. What? It just it matches how I feel, like a dubstep king. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of annoying. That being said, I feel like we can think about how did the season do? How did it compare to that first season? Well, I mean, nothing will top the magic of the first season. Mm-hmm. The first season just had so many episodes that were like amazingly entertaining, either because they were good or because they were bad. Especially the the season finale of season sure. one, that was just, I mean, oh. you know, a triumph. <laughs> it was a triumph, a triumph of, of bad television. That is true. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think the problem with a lot of the stuff in season two is that there was some dull episodes. There's some dull plot. Yeah. I Particularly, think, like, the first half of the season was yeah, the kind whole, of dull. The second yeah, half got better. Well, part of it was the whole Genoa build-up thing, which we, we've talked about how it was a problem because of the way they did the narrative device. Yeah. They revealed way too much about it. Yeah. I even said, I, even, I thought about this also, and I thought, you know, even if they had done the wraparound just a little bit differently, just tweaked it slightly, so we knew something had gone wrong, but it wasn't quite clear what it was. Maybe they do a little reversal. So what we think is really happening is not what really happened. You know, it's something like that. I, it could have been done. 
obviously it didn't. It ruined the drama and suspense. It just made it like, what's happening? We know, it's, obviously, they, something got screwed up. Now we're just going to see how. And that could be interesting if it was done in an interesting way. But obviously, you know, Jerry was too much of a cartoonish villain. He wasn't interesting in any way. You know, the whole... Everything of them potentially being fired from the first season was dropped. You know, the death threats against Will dropped. There were little things that came up and then disappeared, like the Occupy stuff. I mean, it just kind of petered out in a lot of ways. I think the ending was pretty good in a sort of bad way, which is kind of unfortunate because we talked about how last week's episode was actually one of the best ones, unironically. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And there wasn't really much in the way of that in the first season. I don't think I really found that there were there was much like that. So that being said, this this season did has some like what points too. Maybe it's just like a you know a new thing that you know some of that stuff you see for the first time in that first season you just can't top it. I think just, well, I mean there were there were a lot of things that were entertaining from the first season that really got lost. Um, there was a lot less yelling. The yelling was always entertaining. True. Um, the there was a, a lot less falling, a lot less of Mackenzie just behaving like a complete crazy person. Yeah, um, the only falling thing I remember I thought actually was good was when Don was trying to fix his chair and then he leans back and it collapses. Yeah, that, that, was, that was actually kind of funny. That was actually was like of, a little bit funny. Yeah, you know, a victim of his own hubris type of thing. I like that. You know, it actually made sense thematically. But <laughs> obviously in the first season... You know, there were all these there things. There was that one where everyone gets injured, and Will had to try, and somehow used it in a terrible way to justify how amazing his team was. Like he'd know any of that. Like he'd pay attention to what happened to any of the people on his team. Right. <laughs> I have one guy who punched a monitor because he kept repeating what Rich Limbaugh said on a loop for some stupid reason. <laughs> it's sort of like that classic. <laughs> Well, there's too many now that I say that. It's something like those, like those classic episodes of The Simpsons where they had like the loops. You know what I'm talking about? They did that a couple times. Like in the where the one where Krusty gets framed and Bart's listening to Sideshow Bob and he's like, big shoes to fill. Big shoes oh, yeah, to fill. Yeah. And it's like the same thing with the Rush thing except it was funny for a different reason. <laughs> unintentionally so yeah so so i feel like overall the second season has lost a lot of the the magic from the first season just in terms of like how the first season was like so over the top and like yeah, yeah. so dramatic and like there was so much yelling and and so much going on that was like and it was like intense and it was like stupid but it was still intense yeah, the so second season has felt a lot less energy. intense you're right i think another part of the the problem is some of the stuff that was brought up but lost. For example, this idea of we're only going to present the best arguments. You know, only we can do the real news. But they ended up just being as sensational as anyone else. You know, it was all sort of the same kind of thing. I, I like I was thinking, you know, even the Daily Show has done better a better job of showing like shedding light on specific, really important issues. Colbert has done a good job of this, too. You know, things that aren't, like, just everyone's talking about it, but it's kind of important. Like, all that controversy where the first responders weren't going to get covered by medical care, that kind of thing. Yeah. And no one was talking about that, but he actually, like, he had interviews, he had people on, he was talking, you know, attacking the different people in Congress for their 
Yeah, or like um, terrible acts. The the Supreme Court decision, um, Citizens United. Yeah, Colbert Stephen Colbert oh, was on that stuff. before anyone. He, he was, was talking about that for it. months before before anyone else paid any attention to it, and all of a sudden, like it became a big deal, like months later. Yeah, and so it said what, what is Meanwhile, it like do? somebody who actually like watched you know the Colbert report was like, Yeah, I knew about that because Stephen Colbert has been talking about that because he realized it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it too. So I think they screwed that up and they never really did a good job with it. Another thing is this you know, this other idea, the conflict. The conflict of, you know, will I wanna be liked? And that's why he did all these sort of Jay Leno stuff versus I want to be a real newsman. And I think they also didn't really stick to that yeah. in the second season. Yeah. And that, to me, is a much more interesting conflict than any of the other ones. Obviously, I said the stuff with DC was an interesting idea that they just didn't do anything with. But that being said, I feel like it was there. They talked about it. They, you know, it, We saw elements of it, but it just didn't, didn't do anything. And I would have loved to see more of that. Anyway... Uh, do no, you have I think other... you're right. I think you're right. That that is one of the most interesting conflicts on the show is the conflict between between Will wanting to do the like good news and Will wanting to just like sell out for ratings. And in the first season, there was like real drama. You know, like he Will would have his meetings with Reese and they would go over the numbers and you know, um, and they they just didn't have any of that in, in the second season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I guess the next question is. You know, let's think about this for a second. What do we want to see? What do we want to see for the next season? You know, if there is one, what would we like to see? Okay, so so honestly, I would like to see Neil not be the office bitch anymore. Um, uh-huh. You know, not have to just like, people are like, especially women, being like, Neil, I need you to do this favor for me. It's really not important to anyone else except for me, and it's actually not that important to me either. But <laughs> I need you to do. I need you to drop everything else that you're doing and do this right now, and devote all your attention to it. And because I'm a woman, you're nice. going to say yes. So <laughs> oh, is I that need, the reason? I need Neil to like. I want Neil to grow beyond that. Just like just like being everybody's bitch, so he can you know fulfill his true life's calling of you know, being the person who finds solid evidence of Bigfoot. Finds solid evidence of Bigfoot. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Thanks for giving him so much. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that was... Have we forgotten Bigfoot? That's How another thing. Ever forget that's Bigfoot? another thing from, from season one that, that was just dropped for season two is, like, the weird, random, like, bits of, of just, like, random weirdness... Like, Neil being obsessed with proving to everyone that Bigfoot exists. There was nothing like that in the second season. No, you're right. There really wasn't. And it's a shame, because while that was stupid and made no sense, it was also pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess I would have liked to see more of that, too. Um, but, uh, no, but I do uh, seriously. I want to see Neil grow a little bit and not just be, like, the office bitch. Yeah, I mean, he almost had something with the Occupy movement, but it didn't really work out. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so, okay, so let's let's think about this for a second. So we we want Neil to do better. Do we want anything to happen with Jim at all? I mean, Jim. I feel like Jim is is pretty much irredeemable 
at this point. I would like him to sort of... I want him to get involved with some sort of secret. Like, I want him to sort of start, like, secretly working, like, for Taylor, for example. And sort of like, well, maybe I'll just try it out. Like, maybe he gets suspended because they discover that he, uh, you know, lied about the report on the, you know, election or something. It's like, well, obviously I'm not going to fire you. You want want Jim to actually, like, um, be held accountable for something that he did? I know. Listen, I'm just saying, but it would don't you don't you see what I'm saying? It would be the perfect setup for him to go work for Taylor. It's like, well, you still have a job with me, and I don't care if you make a stupid little mistake, because I'll be there to clean it up. You know. And well, then he's like, the only problem with that is that, as we've discussed, part of the reason that the second season was weaker than the first season is because they started splitting up the team and going off in different directions, and like true, the show is really but, better when everybody's all working together. I'd want to see more with the Taylor thing. That's more interesting. And, you know, maybe, you know, you could do something with Lisa also there to really make it awkward. I just feel like there's potential there. There's possibility that I'd love but to But I feel like the show has already invested so much in the idea that Lisa is too stupid to actually, like, be involved in anything important that yeah, I don't, I don't think the they can really turn that around at this point. I know, but this is, I guess part of this is talking about what we'd like to see. I mean, this is just something I think that they could do that would be interesting. I want to see more variation. On I mean, I do want to see more of Lisa thing. and less of Jim. Yeah, well, hmm. All right, so, well, there's, so there's that. Is there anything that could be done with Maggie? Anything? <laughs> Bueller? It, it would be nice if, like, instead of instead of this whole Africa thing where they were like, Maggie is like, I'm going to do something important. You know, if they would just like let Maggie like be a reporter and not like without without all like the pressure of like having to like do something momentous, but just like <laughs> do her fucking job, you know, <laughs> like nice. without without like, you know, being all Maggie about it. You know, being that's 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 what I want to see from Maggie. I want I just want to see Maggie like do her job. Well, yeah. Remember that one point in the in the season where she's like, "Listen, am I? Am, has anyone had any complaints? Have I been doing my job great?" And I, no, no, you haven't. <laughs> you haven't. You suck and at your like, job. No, you've been perfect, perfect as I picture you naked. I mean, not naked. I mean, yes. Uh, uh crap. You know, it's just. Listen, nothing against Allison Pill, who actually, I really liked what she's done in some other things, but the way she, she played She was in uh, Scott Pilgrim, wasn't she? Yeah, she did she a good job there. She Pine. She was in this Woody Allen movie, and she was perfectly defined there. I don't think she's a bad actress, but I hate the way this character is done. Yeah. I, I hate the way that she does her body movement, you know, the way that the, the lines are all terrible. It just doesn't work for me. Now, here's an interesting question. What do we want to see happen with Will and Mac? What I want to see is for it to combust dramatically. And I actually think that that might happen. Yeah. Well, that would be fun. It would be fun because we we need to go back to, like, you know, um, screaming, emotional Mac. She was, she was, I mean, even though, like, she was a horrible character, she was, she was definitely fun to watch. 
Um, and I would, I, I do, like I said, I missed the yelling from season one. So I would like to see some screaming matches between Willow and Mac. Um, that would, that would be nice. Yeah. I just think, I think that's actually something that might happen. Will it? I don't know. But I could see it as a possibility. I guess that's all I'm saying for that one. So that's just, that's my thought. I mean, Will's just terrible. I do want to see, you know, something, I want to see more interesting charisma and rapport between Don and Sloane, you know, as the act, you know, the only, you know, pairing we actually care about. Right. <laughs> no offense, guys. <laughs> I want to see more of Elliot because, you know, we've just started yeah. a little bit more. Of Elliot, he seems kind of interesting. Elliot is interesting. I like Elliot. I want to see more of Elliot. I want to see more of Reese. Yes. I want to see him like really starting to take over. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. Leona just but continuing, maybe, continuing oh, to be hey. this like you know just badass, take no prisoners, you know, like you don't fuck with me, I fuck with you kind of guy, like yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. No, but listen to this. I just thought of something. So, what if? I I know this is a little crazy, but what if you know his it's actually because his mother is actually starting to have problems. You know, she's starting to deteriorate. And it does seem like she sort of, is. And it's like a problem, you know, and he's basically trying to keep the company together, but it's also sort of hurting him because he doesn't want to see her, you know, he doesn't want to see her in that state. Yeah. So I feel like there could be an interesting thing of him trying to do his best, but also having a lot of problems because she's just sort of like, I'm drunk, <laughs> you know, and him just being, oh, come on, mom, please. I just want to do what's best for the company. I feel like I feel like there's something there. I think that would be an interesting thing. I think it would be an interesting I thing. I don't think that Sorkin would go that that route. I think he likes the Leona character too much to you know to yeah. to go in that in that direction with her. I just think that there's all manner of possibility there. All sorts of you know theory, you know something that they could do that I think is interesting is real and yeah you're probably right they're probably not going to do any crap with that but i just would love to see it i also this is going to sound kind of funny but i want to see them go back to reporting like the big stories of the day even though people complained about that back when they were doing it in season one i kind of enjoyed that and they well, didn't do I mean, nearly as much of that in season two but it was it was fun to watch sort of like the behind the scenes like you know, discovery process of, you know, like a news team, like finding out about this yeah. big story. I guess I agree as long as they don't do any of those journalism shortcuts, you know, where it's just, oh, it, it turns out that I'm close friends with Joe Biden. Oh, yeah? Well, I actually am Mitt Romney's wife. <laughs> so I have the inside scoop, kid. Uh, those, those were really funny, though. Yeah, the halcyon days of your yeah. Yeah, I mean that was awful. Let's be honest. But that being it said, was, it was it was awful, like, but in a good way. I feel like I would like to see, like, legitimately. Yeah, let's put together something interesting here. Let's have let's let's see this so-called news of yours. You know, I think I think there is something there. I think there is something to that. I would like to see that. Uh, I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but that is a possibility. I think there is something there. I think you might be right onto something, as they say. You're onto something, kid. And um, as 
as as horrible as I think this makes me sound, I want to see the continued sexism in season three because you want to see that because I I get a just perverse pleasure out of watching <laughs> the rampant sexism that goes on. And it's not as rampant in season two, but um, but like it's just it I yeah, and this this is what hate watching is all about, like. When you hate watch a show, you don't you don't want it to get better. You want it to be you want it to stay bad, and and that's like part of the badness that I love about the show is how sexist it is. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> what, what, what can I say? I you know I'm a hate watcher. This is what I do. I mean, now. it is fun. I mean, just I mean, just for the show. I don't have any other shows that I hate watch, but I've You're I've right. totally I mean, bought into it for this show. I you know the. I've told you already, you know, my well, season finale review was why the season finale was terrible. Yeah. And obviously that I couldn't really do that if I didn't actually think it was true. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a little bit of that going on here. That's true. But, you know, I guess, you know, I would like to see a good show, but I, I think either way, I think it's fun. I think it's good TV, either in like the bad way or i mean if it if it actually became like a legitimately good show i would i would enjoy that too you know i right i watched almost every episode of the west wing you know i i love the west wing the west wing is a great show Mm -hmm. um and and you know and and the newsroom if they fixed all of the many 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 problems with this show it could be as as good as the west wing the problem is a that there's so many problems and b that sorkin is is like so blind you know like willfully ignoring all criticisms of the show so or almost all criticisms of the show so he's like there's no way that he's actually going to address the the criticisms that people have brought up um so it's never going to happen but or at least he just does like lip service occasionally right but like if the show actually did become good, then yeah, I would I would enjoy that too. And like I said, you know, I enjoy the good moments on the show too. And that's that's the cool thing about this show is that it has bad moments, but it also has like real genuine good moments also. Yeah, I mean listen, Sorkin, you know, for all these, you know, legitimate flaws, he does have also legitimate talents as a writer. You know, he can turn a phrase really well. He can come up with interesting characters that are unique. He can also come up with characters that just make you want to punch the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I, I really feel like his real problem right now is that his, his sort of, it's interesting, I think I heard somebody say that it's almost like he's trying to deal with his own psychological issues through this show, which he's done yeah, with other shows yeah. too. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of discussion about um, Sorkin and his love life. And like, you know, breakups with girlfriends and stuff and like that a lot of like things that he's done on the show have been like therapeutic for him and and, like getting over relationships that he's had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've certainly seen plenty of people talk about things like that. Um, So it it could go deeper than that also. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that for sure, but I feel like there's a lot of possibility here. There's a lot of you know things that he could do. But what I really want to see him do is speaking of which away from this desire to keep everyone perfect. Speaking of which, remember the gossip reporter? Nina Howard, yeah. of course. <sighs> Whatever happened to her? Um, that was another just like she, dropped plot line. She was dumped by Will. Yeah, Will dumped her and she vanished. 
Yes, because he had to be with Mackenzie. Yeah, but I mean, she was she was actually like something of an interesting character. Uh, well, I'm not going to disagree with you, but no, that's what happened. The, well, the one thing I didn't like about her was um, like when she, you know, she was talking to Mackenzie and she basically, you know, she said like, um, when you were a little girl, did you want to, you know, work at the job that you have now? And Mackenzie was like, yes, I've always wanted to do this. And, you know, how it, Nina says something like, well, I didn't want to do what I'm doing. You know, I, I didn't oh, get right. my dream. Yeah. And, I, and I remember watching that and thinking... There were probably tons of like teenage girls whose career aspiration right now is to become a reporter for TMZ. Like I feel like that is the dream for a lot of people. And I don't I don't yeah. mean that in a condescending way. Like I think I think that there are actually people who like think that being a gossip reporter would be an awesome job. So it was like a little bit Maybe it would be. It was like a little bit, you know, it's it's more like, you know, Sorkin sort of putting his own views into her mouth, um, you know, because obviously... If you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, so, okay, I think we've covered every, like a good thing here. We've talked about the season, yeah. how we think it fits in, the episode in general, yeah. you know, our ideas for the future. I think our, my next question is going to be simple. Do you think there should be a, a third season? Well, I mean, we have to find out how they win back the public's trust. So that sounds like a yes. I agree. I also would like to see a third season. And do you have anything else you'd like to finish us off with? Um, uh, we didn't. We didn't really talk about the the false dichotomy of um, ratings, we could, ra good ratings versus good news. We talked about that a little bit. How it, they sort of brought it up and then dropped it. You know, this idea of wanting to have one or the other. We, you know, we can't be sensational, but also informative. And, yeah, I think they kind of dropped that, too. At least that was my... Well, they didn't, they didn't drop it. I mean, that was kind of the whole point of their, their decision, you know, when they decided not to go with the Petraeus story, even though the Petraeus story, like, it would have been a big deal, and it would have gotten them lots of positive... Um, credit because you know nobody else was was reporting it they were ahead of everyone else and they, you know reporting it on election night in front of a big audience or whatever and they chose not to do it because they wanted to report this other story which actually was um, meaningful because it had to do with a candidate and they were going to report it on election day so it might actually affect the election which they felt was like more important to do um, right but they, yeah. you know, like you said they set up this sort of false choice between those things when I think that you know, um, I mean, this show is based on Keith Olbermann's show on MSNBC, not Keith Olbermann's current show, which is on ESPN, but the show that he had a few years ago when he was on MSNBC. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I, you know, I think the idea just doesn't make sense because, like, I think that any, you know, Keith Olbermann or any, any, you know, host of a, of a talk show like that would say that they want to have good ratings and they want to do a good show, you know, and they, they don't necessarily see that they have to choose between those things. Like maybe they would argue, like, if you do a good show, you'll also have good ratings because people actually want to watch a good show, you know, um, or at least some people do. I think you have a good point. And I think that's something that they should definitely try to focus on more as a point of conflict in this mythical 
hypothetical wondrous season three that we're so looking forward to. And that's a serious statement we, we are both looking forward to. Well, yeah, I mean, kind of part of the problem with, with season two and why nothing makes sense on season two is because, like, they've made this conscious choice to, to do, like, a, you know, a high-quality show that doesn't get good ratings. And the owners, Leona and Reese, aren't happy about it and want to get rid of them. But then, like, then Leona and Reese both, like, like you know, flip-flop and, and all of a sudden decide that they do want to keep the show, even though it doesn't get good ratings because, I don't know, I guess it makes them feel good about themselves or something. Like, at least, at least the there's one show that actually is high quality. And, you know, that makes up for all the shitty stuff that we do the rest of the time. If only it was clear that that's what their actual motivation was, I would think that would make sense. All right, well, I think we should probably wrap it up. Hey, let's do the news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, until the next right. time, uh, nerd you later. later.